So if I struggle with drunkenness, and he struggles with lying, and she struggles with an addiction, whose sin is worse, mine, his, or hers? This is Considerate, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Considerate is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. After a week off, it's good to be back. It is. We have uh, actually two questions of the same topic this week. Um, yep. Two different people chimed in on something similar, and so we'll tackle both of them together. Let's do it. The first question, are all sins equal before God? Okay. And the second, is it true that God sees all sin as the same or equal or are there degrees of sinning? Are there degrees of sinning? I wonder if these uh, these questions were submitted by somebody having their own argument, or they were considering it themselves and needed to uh, have us weigh in on it. But but I like it when we have multiple questions on the same topic topic get submitted because it shows that people are talking about it. And so here we yeah, are. So and talking about their sin. That's right, talking about their sin. So <laughs> hopefully in a good way because they're trying to fight against their sin and grow in holiness, and not that they were you know, comparing their sin or whatever, trying to decide who's trying to justify it. Right. Your sin is worse than mine and all that. So, but yeah, some great questions here. And really to just kind of boil it down here is like, are, are there some sins that are worse than others? And, you know, does God, you know, see certain sins uh, as more, you know, horrendous or, or, or less horrendous than, than others. I'd say it's kind of the, the, the nut and bolt here. So, um, yeah, I guess it, it's even interesting that this that, that we think in these terms, and what I think it exposes here, even before we answer the question, I think it exposes like this heart of comparison that we see in the in the scriptures, right? That uh, um, you know, like the the these a heart of comparison or the the desire to be uh, self justifying, right? Yeah the this like underlying bent in the human heart to to compare ourselves to other people well at least i'm not like that guy that's right, right. yeah yeah the pharisee uh, at the at the temple saying lord thanks that i'm not that guy you know the guy on the street and uh, um and and the the guy who's looking at the speck in somebody else's eye that jesus mentions you know when he's got a log in his own eye right and and these this bent uh, towards self righteousness or to be self justifying, and to like minimize our sin to say, well, at least I'm not that guy. Like I'm you know somewhere else, and yeah. it's just kind of like I don't know. Is is that just like part of our human nature? Is that just part of our own sinful bent like that? <laughs> this comparison. I don't know what it is, but it's uh it's definitely there. I think um, I'm a. Uh... I'm just as guilty as being, you know, the, the king justifier right. in my own sake. And so I think that this is something that right. we all right. um, find ourselves in the midst of. It's right. like, oh, well, yeah. like, 
could be worse. Right, right. You know, there's always that mentality of, oh, well, at least, you know, at least it's not that. Right. And, um, right. and so instead of pushing toward purity and, and holiness, right. I think the enemy just loves to, to help us settle right. with the not so bad. Right. Especially like even in relational conflict, like a marriage, you know, I'm confronted with, you know, my sin or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, and we always, those yeah, but moments yeah. that we just want to be defensive. <laughs> well, you did this and that your sin was greater than mine. Or if you hadn't sinned, then I wouldn't have sinned. And, yeah. you know, so we just want to self justify and, or compare ourselves when really we need to be self confrontational. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing, even in Jesus' words in the, you know, in the spec and the log verses of, no, we need, first we need to like be self-confrontational. We need to look like, oh, where, where am I sinning? What am I contributing to this? And to know like, no, my sin is serious before the Lord mm-hmm. and to not try to minimize or, um, or to, you know, to kind of revert or to redirect the attention onto somebody else's sin, you know? It's like, well, if we can just put the spotlight over there, yeah. and then it's not on me, then I can go about my merry way in my sin or whatever. And, you know, yeah. but theirs, theirs is a whole lot worse. Yeah, and as you alluded, you know, it's it's a speck yeah. in our neighbors and a log in right. ours. There's obviously right. um, an importance in, in the comparison of, of those two there. Yeah, there's, right. Right, we want to be that eye doctor way more than we want to be the lumberjack. You know, or <laughs> yeah. We've got these massive logs over here and and uh and so i think that's that's why these questions come up here i think is because there's just this bent in us like that to be comparative or self-justifying it's born out of a heart of self-righteousness to to even you know to think in these terms you know and we have to you know even to answer the question then demands that we come back and have a proper homardiology which is the big word for the study of sin you know, and what does the Bible talk about when it talks about sin? Yeah, yeah. Um, because to really come back to the question, you know, that's being submitted here, all sins equal before the Lord. The answer, like many of the questions that get submitted, are yes and no, that's right? right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so it's not just a simple like black and and white here, because uh, all sin condemns us. You know, before the Lord, you know, Romans 6.23 is pretty pretty clear here that uh, for the wages of sin is death. Yeah. You sin, the resulting wage or what you earn in your sin with no caveats, no explanation, no like uh, mm-hmm. uh, minimizing or, well, for these sins, the wages are. And if you sin, then you earn this. Like, no, the wages of sin, those offenses against God failing to live up to his standards and and failing to give him all the glory, the result of that, what is credited to your account, is death. Yeah. And so before the Lord, it doesn't matter like if it's, you know, the little white lie, you know, or right. the egregious, murderous, Holocaust type sins. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. All sin is condemning. Yeah. And even James Two ten says, you know, forever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. All of it, right, right. You know, so wow, that's that's pretty sobering, yeah. right? And that that should hopefully like just squash the whole comparative, self justifying, self righteous heart. Right? Yeah. Like before the Lord, man, 
it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're Hitler or you know or, or Mother Teresa or whatever. And I think that you know Jesus with the the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. was preaching to this heart attitude when he's talking about you know adultery that you've committed adultery in your heart if you've even you know lusted after a woman. So it's like oh well at least I haven't committed adultery. It's like well if you've even thought about it then right. you're guilty or anger right. comparing it to murder. And so it's like. Right. he's getting to the the matter of our heart and so while we may not struggle with the same sins as others the reality is we find ourselves to some degree or another struggling with the same thing right the same same heart attitudes and all that and it results in the same thing and so are they all equal before the lord well yeah in a sense that they bring condemnation yeah absolutely however that's not the end of the story for the christian is it (laughs) nope And that's the beauty of the gospel, right? Like, that's the beauty of Romans 8, 1. Therefore, uh, which is referring back to all that Christ had done, all the uh, other teaching there in in, uh, Romans 1 through 7. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Yeah, amen. We have been saved and justified not by ourselves. Not in our own actions, not in anything so that we cannot boast, but by grace through faith um, and that not of our own doing. And so because of Christ, um, it doesn't, like, the, 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 whether it's a big sins or whatever, yeah. um, it, uh, all that's been forgiven. Yeah. Um, we have now been counted as righteous yeah. because of Christ. Um, because that's ultimately the standard. Right. You know, we get into this whole like comparison. Well, mine's not yours, and that's and and the Lord's like, well, that's not the standard. That's not who we're comparing to. It's you versus Jesus. Who wins there? You yeah. know, it, and that's the standard for everybody. Right. That standard of perfection that no one yeah. born in a, uh, uh, through Adam can live up to. Praise God. And, uh, and, and yet Christ, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, yeah. has saved us. Yeah. And so it is no longer, our sin is no longer condemning. He who did not sin took on sin uh, so that we could be uh, the righteousness of God. And, um, and so we, we're not under that same condemnation and we're not out here comparing sin for sin, no matter what. We're just saying Christ is glorified. Christ right. is honored. Yeah, I think as we see, you know, sin deserves death. Yeah. And yet because Christ died for sinners, yeah. we have been given life for those who right. believe in him. And so in that sense, yeah, it's all equal, sure, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as you said, that's not the the whole story. That's not the whole story, right? I mean, it's the it's the ultimate thing. It's yeah. the great hope that we have as Christians. Yeah. And yes, all sin is uh, condemning, condemnatory. Is that a word? Yeah. I don't know. If you're listening, good enough, good enough for this. Yeah, yeah it's it, it condemns us. <clears throat> but there's also then the reality. So that's like the big. That's the spiritual reality. That's the eternal realities yeah. and the great glory and the hope that we have in Christ. The beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel. Yeah. And yet there are still the daily Christian life. Yeah, the sanctification. The sanctification. And so that's where the other side comes in because, well, no, it's not all equal in terms of consequences. Right. So 
we have to be able to separate in our mind like the condemnation that comes from sin and then the consequences that we experience even as Christians, even as those who've been set free, even as those who are now in Christ Jesus, there are still daily, you know, and just real life consequences because of our sin. Right. And the Bible does seem to give an indication that there's there are degrees, if you will, um, and that might not even be the helpful, the most helpful way to think about it. But the there are different camps of sin, if you will. Yeah. And so uh, I think one place that's real instructive to this is Psalm 19, a psalm that we love a ton, a psalm that speaks of the general revelation of God through creation, and then this, uh, and and then the specific revelation of God through the scriptures, um, speaking of the law of the Lord and all that. And but then it comes in verse 12, Psalm 19, verse 12. He he. The, the writer here, uh, David, seems to give some different kind of categories for sin. And they say this, Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, and let them have no dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. And so, hopefully you kind of catch the, the flow or the categories there. There are these ones that are like hidden faults. Those things that we are blind to. You know, um, the, and they're, they, you know, we call them blind spots or whatever. You know, there are things that we yeah. do that have, you know, through God's kindness or whatever, we just haven't been made aware of them yet. Right. We haven't been, the Spirit hasn't brought that sense of conviction in our sanctification. Uh, and, uh, and and we're just, we're just blind. We, we, we don't see it, whether it's just because we are untaught in that. It's just yeah. we're new to the faith or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a myriad of reasons why we don't know it, but it's just, they're yep. hidden to us. That's right. You know? Yeah. But then there's also this, these presumptuous sins that he talks about. Those things that we know are wrong, that we're just kind of like, eh, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. I know that gluttony is wrong, and yet I am going to just go hog wild at the dinner table yeah. over and over and over, and I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I know that I should not be looking at this. I'm going to do it anyways. I know that I shouldn't be drinking this much. I'm going to do it anyways. I know that I shouldn't be angry, and yet I just, I'm so mad, and I don't know what to do. I know that I should not be uh, this anxious and, and worried, and yet uh, I just I don't care. Yeah. Um, and if we're not careful, then this is what it's getting at there in verse 13, then those things, because those are categorized as like sins of foolishness. Yeah. First, those hidden ones are uh, sins of like childishness or ignorance. Mm-hmm. We don't know them. these sins of foolishness. And if we're not careful, then they become life dominating sins. Yeah. That's where things become addictions, where they become characteristic of that person. Oh, he, oh yeah, well, he's, you know, he's a super angry person. Oh, he's addicted to this or he's. And that's really where. Paul goes in First Corinthians, and yeah. maybe we'll turn there in a minute. Yeah. I want to help you to or allow you to continue. No, I think that's good. Through. Yeah, like no, go, go take us there because I think that's really helpful for us to even think in this category of you know these these life dominating sins that that really consume us. They drive us. They become identifying type sins or or marks of our our character or patterns of our life that. Um, that if we're not careful, they then the, that's the whole thing. They they are these they are having dominion, which as Christians, like we can't we've been set free from sin, and you know Paul brings up that whole dynamic in in uh, Romans six and seven then of 
It's not no longer your master. You don't have to keep you know reporting for duty to your former slave master of sin. And uh, but yet the struggle goes on. And Romans seven. I know I'm not supposed to, but I keep doing it. Why do I keep doing this? <laughs> well, it's because sin remains, um, even though it no longer reigns uh, over us. And so yeah, and I think just as looking at First Corinthians six, yeah, um, you know, nine and ten as as Paul is going into this and he's really talking about the unrighteous and he says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Yeah. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor men who practice homosexuality nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor revelers or revilers no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and such were some of you, but you were washed, mm. you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's right. And so I think what he's talking about is it's not that anyone who's ever committed one of these things right. will not inherit the kingdom of God. What he's talking about is those who practice these things, those right. who are willfully right. practicing these things. And so as you're talking about the sins of, you know... Um, naivety or the sins of unknowing versus the, mm. the sins of foolishness um, yeah. in Psalm 19. I think it's those who are practicing these sins of foolishness saying, like, I know it's wrong, right. but I'm going to do it anyway because right. it's what I want to do. Right. That is proving that there's not a, a heart of repentance, a, right. a changed right. Um, right. heart if right. you will. and it could actually like taking it all the way to the extreme it could be revealing that maybe the spirit of God isn't even in you right yeah because yeah. we've been set free from these things and if they mm-hmm. are having dominion if these are characteristic of this person's life mm-hmm. uh, you know something that is an identifying characteristic um that's that's that that doesn't coincide with being a, a Christian because you've been set free from all of that, and so that that's just showing something that could be even here where we're not even talking about the consequences here. We're now back in that category. These are condemning, right? Yeah, you are not out from underneath the condemnation of your sin because you're not out from under you're uh, not underneath Christ, um, and and so there does seem to be different categories and just coming back to sin then and and these these various uh uh um uh, degrees i guess if you yeah. will of severity and and then the consequences that come from it you know paul i think also refers to this uh, same dynamic in in romans chapter 1 when he's mm-hmm. talking about god giving people over to their sin and it's kind of like culminating down at the end of like now what is right is actually or what is wrong and sinful is being called right and not only are they practicing it but you're also championing and celebrating mm-hmm. others who do it as well yeah now this is like sin has become what is socially acceptable and not just acceptable, socially celebrated. Yeah. And that's a very scary place to be. Um, and, uh, and having God give people over. And so we're getting back towards that condemnation. Yeah. Now, I think we need to kind of bring it back here. Okay, well, for the Christian then, if we're not there, yeah. but we are here in these, you know, it's kind of two categories of foolish sins or presumptuous sins versus uh, childish or uh, ignorant or naive type mm-hmm. uh, sins. There there are different categories there. The, and the Bible talks about, particularly in like the Proverbs, of how to, how to, how to, how, what are the consequences? What are the appropriate ways that we grow through these things? Right. You know, if, if for the child who just doesn't know what to do, 
they need correction. They need teaching. Right. You know, this this plays out in parenting, right? Like your kids uh, uh, sin, your kids do something that is wrong. Well, not everything needs to be, you know, like <laughs> going to the fullest extremes of consequences. Like, okay, you need spankings or you need, you know, you need uh, to be grounded for a whole year or whatever. It's like, whoa, 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 time out. Like they just didn't know the expectation, you know. And so right. for Christians, the same, like new believers, like, Oh, well, I've just never been taught that, uh, you know, that, that, that treating a woman that way is wrong. Like, I grew up in the world, and that's just how you talk to or treated women. It's like, well, no, God has a different standard, right. you know? Yeah. Men uh, respect and honor and love women in a very different way than the world does. You know, they are not objects. They are co-heirs of the grace that we've inherited. And so they need, they need instruction. They need to be taught in that or whatever. But then there are the sins of foolishness of, no, I know that this is wrong, or I know that I should do this, and I'm refusing to do it. Foolishness deserves chastisement, deserves you know, more harsh punishment, a rod for the back of fools, it says in Proverbs. And so, yeah, there's, it's, it is different, you know, before the Lord and before, I think, like, there's these... Uh, these two different kind of measures of consequences that, you know, with our kids or even, you know, as we're growing an adult in our discipleship and yeah. when we're the church. Yeah, and just as you're talking about that, First Thessalonians 5.14 hmm. comes to mind. Yeah. You know, it's just, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, um, and help the weak. Right. Be patient with everyone. And be patient with everyone. And right. so I think just in that, in the nature of that, it's recognizing that people are going to find themselves at different places and need a different care, right? Depending on where they find themselves, right? Um, and so I think it, it speaks to just the heart and the right kind of like you said, or the degrees of sin, right. if you will. And so right. we don't want to just go in and. You know, admonish somebody who's yeah. faint-hearted right. at the moment. They're faint-hearted in their sin. Um, you know, if it's a sin of of unknowing, and you come in and just blast them, right? Um, it's not going to be right. loving and beneficial. It's not going to be patient, right? Um, and so, I think just in that, it, it recognizes this degree of right. sin and just people and, and helping to to love people well for in sure. For sure, yeah, and that's where that's what, why it is more complex than just being like, well, yes, they're all the same, and they all deserve, you know, it's just not that simple. It's not yeah. that black and white. Yeah. Life isn't that way, um, and so we're trying to discern, you know, okay, where is a person? Do they just not know, or do they know and don't care, yeah. or do they know or maybe don't know but can't do anything about it? Because those are three kind of different categories. No one can know or don't know and can't do anything about it. Not a Christian. Yeah. You know, these other two, you know, could be Christians. Um, and and so that's just in the consequences of how we, you know, work through that sin or confront that sin are very different. And even then in the midst of that, so that's the heart thing. But then in the nature of the sin, there does also seem to be some weightiness placed on different sins in, in the book of Proverbs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are, you know, if you're defined by habitual things, you know, and you know it or don't know it, then, yeah, then there's all kinds of consequences. Like if you are perpetually lying, you know, there's you're not going to have any friends. You're not going to have any business dealings. You know, all the warnings, you know, a man who's uh, false witness and all that stuff, like, yeah. like 
yeah, there's some consequences with that. And so there's a perpetu and how they are perpetuating in somebody's life. But then it does seem also like with sexual sins, I think that's often what people get to, which are like, are these the worst sins? And, uh, and Proverbs seem to give an indication that, that sexual sin are pretty, are pretty severe, particularly when it comes to adultery. In Proverbs chapter 6, I've always been, you know, struck by this. Um, and he's, he's, you know, my son, keep your father's commandments, forsake not your mother's teach them, teaching. That's verse 20 of Proverbs 6. And then he goes on in verse 27, can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? You know, it's like, don't be playing around with sin, man. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to carry, you know, coals or hot burning sticks in, next to your chest, guess what's going to happen? You know, you're going to get scorched, yeah. right? It says then verse 29, so is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's pretty serious sin. It says people do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. You know, so the motivation here, he's hungry, he doesn't have, you know, there's some leniency there, you know. But if he's caught, he will pay sevenfold. He'll give all the goods of his house. Verse 32, he who commits adultery lacks sense he who does it destroys himself mm. like this is you know this is like no there's like th- this is super serious this is destructive it says he will get wounds and dishonor and his disgrace will not be wiped away mm. there's like whoa this this is super serious yeah um no, this doesn't mean it's unforgivable. Don't make that mistake and right. go to. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't like, okay, somebody who's committed adultery, you know, and then if we take all Jesus' teachings, you know, like you look at a woman, you know, like, whew, like you're, you're toast. <laughs> right. What it's not saying is this is unforgivable. Yeah. But what it is saying, especially if it's gone to this point where, you, you know, you've committed adultery with somebody else's spouse, that this is just one of those things that just, you know, stays on your record, if you will, or as a part of your reputation that is, is, uh, man, this, it, you don't just wipe that away. Now there's restoration, there's all those things, but, but there's weightiness, there's a weightiness yeah. to that, right. Um, that I think we have to just, you know, that, that should sober us, you yeah. know, here, um, as we hear those words, it should make us, you know, even more vigilant to not even go down this path so we don't get there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this is speaking of adultery, but I think, you know, we can uh, apply this out to all kinds of, you know, sexual sins and all that. Yeah. And so, the, you know, there's kind of a question then like, well, okay, well, why is like is sexual sin the worst sin in the world? Well, no, it's not. Yeah. It is very forgivable. You know, Christ died for it and it's not, you know, forever definitive. Right. But the consequences will still remain. There will still be, you know, uh, some speculation. There's still some, you know, things that go with that. And yet God does restore it. But the reason why I think it carries the weightiness is we have to go back to that just whole ethic. And like what is, you know, the what is the sexual intimacy, you know, like that has been designed by God yeah. for one man, one woman, in, in a, you know, in a very profound way all the way from the beginning yeah all the way at creation and with marriage being a picture of the gospel yeah, exactly the relationship between christ and the church you know and that's what's represented in our marriage and so and, and then this being the most intimate expression of love in the physical marriage yeah. that to to betray that to trample upon that is is very serious because it also is like a picture of the gospel 
you know, it's a picture of something like, no, Christ would never do that, you know, with us. And, and so I think that's where there is also like a spiritual weightiness, you know, that should sober us up yeah. in, uh, um, you know, for being tempted in, in these ways. Yeah. So and just in light of that, thinking about what you said earlier and just how the culture has shifted to, to yeah. even celebrate yeah. um, this type of yeah. sinful right. behavior and right. um, it brings it a clout or a, I don't know, just right. it brings some sort of a prestige with, right. you know, you think about celebrities and just right. the, the way that they kind of parade right. and... Well, so it's almost like the more bizarre, the you know, the more celebrated it is yeah. in our day, um, and and it's not surprising. America is no different. Every society that has gone on, you know, as you look back through world history, you see this. Yeah. And Romans one speaks to these very things as well. That yeah. God giving over what is the sin at the forefront, even though it mentions a whole bunch of sins. What's the sin at the forefront? It's sexual sin. Sexual, yeah. And, and Corinthians, yeah. Uh, Corinth was. Was known for that, and right. Paul's addressing it right. there for that for that same for reason. the same reason. Yeah. And so, um, it's again, one clear. It's not the unforgivable sin. Like if yeah. you've found yourself in this position, you've committed adultery, or you've you've committed these sins, or you're addicted to pornography, or or, or things like that. Again, they're not the unforgivable sin, but they are very serious. Yeah, they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. They they only lead to destruction. Right. And also want to just bring it back. Maybe that's not your struggle. You're like, well, at least I'm not that guy and I struggle with this. Want to again come back to what we said earlier is that's not what it's about. Right. If that is not your struggle, praise God for it. And that doesn't lessen the consequences then because what is that even showing? Like, well, I'm not that guy, but my lying or my drinking or my anger or my gluttony or whatever, you know, the myriad of ways that we uh, sin. You're saying, well, it's I'm not that guy. Then where then then I'd say you're in a presumptuous place as yeah. well because you know it's wrong and you don't care and you're, and all that and we just have to be so careful with this and so yeah. because again Christ yeah. is yeah. the standard right he's the standard yeah. um, and the justifier he's both just and the justifier and so we just want to be um, super humble when yeah. it comes to that that's that's who God looks to that's what that's what it's about so. Something that I was chewing on just mm-hmm. in regards to this topic, um, John 19, um, as Pilate is you know, looking to, to sentence Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and in verse 11, Jesus answers him and says, You would have no authority over me at all unless it has been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Yeah, and so, and just chewing on that, how does that fit in to this conversation as we're, um, you know, thinking about Judas, right, delivering yeah. Christ over? Um, is that be- knowing what he was doing at the time? Um, again, is this talking about a sense of not really knowing, kind of being naive on Pilate's behalf versus Judas, who's Acting foolish, having walked with Jesus. Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, what you're referring to is just kind of another Jesus referring to the dynamic that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here, you know, and uh, the consequences for sin and and all that. And, you know, Judas, he knew. He lived with Jesus. And so surely he knew. Surely he was, you know, uh, and 
his act of betrayal was in a consequential sense uh, greater than what Pilate was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now Pilate could have stopped it. Pilate, you know, is here. Even the Jewish people who are calling for Jesus' blood, you know, are culpable in this sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he didn't dismiss his sin altogether. Yeah, no. He's just recognizing that. Uh, just it's interesting there that you know right. he has the the greater sin, and so again a reference to right. The consequential aspect of yeah. of sin, not necessarily the condemning aspect of right. sin, yeah. I think is is what he's referring here. And so, um, yeah, so we have to we have to kind of untangle all that. Yeah. You know, I think that's and often what we do on this podcast is we're trying to untangle <laughs> things, we're trying to simplify it, uh, and and yet that's not just uh, possible um, if we're trying to make things black and white. But there may be more uh, aspects to consider when it comes to. Uh, to all topics, but especially when it comes to sin. And so, um, you know, let me just, as we kind of wrap up here, just offer some hope. Like if you find yourself in sin in this way, um, you know, there is the hope and help of Christ. Forgiveness is full and free in Jesus, no matter what you may be struggling with. And the way that you go about that is just by being vulnerable, by self-disclosing, by making your sin, by having those people in your life who can say, hey, maybe this is a hidden fault. Maybe you're blind to this, but have you considered when you speak this way? Yeah. And it's like, and hopefully we come then with a vulnerable, humble, teachable heart to say, thank you yeah. for pointing that out. Yeah, it's that act of humility saying yeah. we are not perfect, right. but we know the one who is. Right. And turning to Jesus and trusting that right. what he did on the cross right. is greater than... Right anything you know any sin that right. we right. Um, can do and right. so like he's big enough to, For to sure. forgive those and right. and to think that we have to clean ourselves up or yep. you know straighten up our our shirt before we go before the lord um, is is faulty yeah 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 we can't we we're just it's impossible and so praise God that as we become believers, he also gives us the church. He gives us the body of believers. Yeah. This is why a community of faith is so important. You know, why being in the word of God is so important because it is here where our sin is exposed. Yeah. As we're in God's word, we're reading these things. God's spirit brings these things to mind as we are in community. Uh, God's people, you know, who are loving and gracious and pointed out, you know, yeah. we can't be, you know, we can't be at that judgmental comparison thing. Well, hey, you, you know, are doing this and you suck and you need to stop mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, no, we, there's a place to be gracious, you know, speaking the truth in love, as Ephesians 4 talks about, and saying, hey, man, brother, like, I've noticed these things. I don't know if you're aware of them or not, but uh, I've noticed it, and, man, that's gonna that, that's hurting a lot of people, and it's going to lead you to a place, and, you know, what can I do to help you? I want to yeah. walk with you through this side by side, um, and uh, and and let's, let's gain ground in Christ together. Yeah, pointing and, each other back to Christ yeah. and not that right. judgmental right. state that's for so sure. dangerous. For sure, yeah, for sure. But if we're both humble in that, receptive, and also willing to, to, to help one another in that, then, man, um, that's, that's really where, where we avoid these things and where we, you know, we stay tender and humble before the Lord in all this. And so, um, so yeah, if you're, if you find yourself there, if you're not in a place of community, get in community, whether it's in our church or somewhere, your, your own home church, um, and, uh, just watch what the Lord will do and, uh, and, and setting you free from sin and, uh, and growing you in your sanctification, um, before the Lord.
Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.